0: Callaway's new and improved Chrome Soft family of golf balls is better for everyone. From amateurs to major winners like John Rahm, Phil Mickelson and Annika Sorenstam, the new Chrome Soft delivers Callaway's highest quality, best performing and most consistent golf balls. Learn more at callawaygolf.com.au Hello and welcome to episode 62 of The Thing About Golf, Golf Australia magazine's ongoing search for the answer to that eternal question, just what is it about this crazy game? Rod Murray's my name and on this episode we're going to meet a golfer who's almost universally considered one of the Australian games, good blokes. Vaughan Summers played golf in an era where the money and driving distance were a whole lot less, but in so many ways the golf and the players were so much more. Between 1977 and 1988, Vaughan played 149 tournaments on the European Tour and countless more here in Australia. He's best remembered for winning a Gold Coast unit when he had a hole-in-one at the Tooth's Tweed Heads Golf Tournament in 1981. At the time, it was golf's richest hole-in-one prize, and it immediately attracted the attention not only of the world's media, but also the Australian taxman. But Summers is so much more than that one shot. At 70, he still exudes the energy of a 30-year-old, and he remains a highly regarded coach. From playing multiple practice rounds with Sevy to hours spent in the company of the legendary Dave Mercer, there's more than one nugget for the attentive golfer to glean from this chat. You'll find Summers at the MGA Driving Range in Melbourne most days, and if he's not there, it's probably because he's playing golf. Thankfully, he found some time to sit down with us for this chat, which I hope that you enjoy as much as I did. Well, Vaughan Summers, the first thing we have to do, as we always do, is say thank you. The thing about golf is quite the commitment, because it takes a lot of time to do, but I'm really looking forward to having a chat with you today. Thanks for taking some time. It's a pleasure. I don't know you nearly as well as I should, so I went to Wikipedia. I looked up Vaughn Summers. Let's see if we can confirm or deny everything that it says here. Status professional, former tours, PGA of Australasia, a European tour, correct? Correct. Professional wins five. Yes. Four on the PGA Tour of Australasia, one on other. Yeah. Masters PGA US Open didn't play. The Open Championship tied 21st best finish in 1986. hmm I'm going to ask you what you remember about that week shortly. Born in Queensland? Yes, yeah, Queensland born and bred. I was a bit iffy about this. Summers had modest success as a professional golfer, winning the 1975 North Coast Open and the 1985 Ford Dealers South Australian Open. I suppose we grade these things on a scale, Thorne, but – Anybody who's made a living playing golf is more than a modest success, whether they've won or not, are they not?
1: Yeah, I would say that was sad to read a modest success because, um, it was difficult to make a living because the size of the money in those days compared to the cost of the travel and the distances you did have to travel. Obviously, everyone that's a sportsman in any sport in Australia has had to go overseas to try and improve his, his standard and also to, to make a, any sort of interesting money, so you, you by going overseas you invested a lot, and um, it's the purest form of commercialism paid on performance. If everyone, if every job
0: and every in every aspect of life is paid on performance, the world would be a much better place. What's the thing about golf for Vaughan Summers? Is there a the thing about golf for you, or is it a multifaceted interest? Oh, it's difficult to say because I just put golf
1: as a package. I'm not a i'm sort of a weird deep thinker i think of the inspirational things late in life or as i was going along i keep them to myself but you know golf as a package was always a thing if it was me i was interested in me can i win can i just beat the course today now i'm you know i'm 70 but my body hasn't let me down yet thankfully um and my mind definitely is 30 and it's trying to make my body do what it did when it's 30, and that's the upsetting, sad thing. But the, I would say that's about everyone that's still fit and getting old. You know, it breaks their heart. Um, but uh, I just – the enjoyment now, I get so much pleasure out of making people say that that's the best I've ever played or no one's ever given me that tip before or still playing with my guests or my, even my staff here at MGA. They're all very – accomplished golfers because we we hire them for that reason or they come to us for that reason and they're quite proud of seeing me hit a very good shot still you know my young at heart and i play with them and they include me in their groups and everything which is unusual for the big gap in the in the age group but i try to stay at their level of 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 you know in interest and entertainment and they're quite proud of me when i do things that showed him what I used to be able to do when I was younger. We'll
0: probably come back to this name a bit later on, but Mike Clayton, a couple of years ago, I was doing a podcast with him, and he, I think he just turned 63, and he said the same thing, he feels 30. And I asked him about it at the time, and it dawned on me since. How much of that physically still being in good nick as you are at 70, do you reckon, is to do with the amount of walking you've done with golf and the physical movement of playing the game regularly?
1: There's no absolutely no question, if you think of how many golfers – they're still old when the famous golfers, they, know, they didn't, you know, and they didn't look after themselves. Like I never smoked. I hated it with a passion, but a lot did. I think that's a big thing. You know, shortens your life.
0: There's no golf question like about it.
1: <laughs> the, the outdoor life, uh, the fun of it, just everything about what, what the atmosphere at the top level of golf, the, I don't know, the good food you ate because mm. you're a bit better, you know, you're financially able to eat well and live well. Um, I, I'm sure that it extended their lives. Most of them lived to their seventies and eighties. You're hearing all the time, you know, it's, it's a lot. Like my old coach, Dave Mercer, 93, you know, it's, a, it's just out in the sun. And there's no question that golf had that on them. And, and in the modern era, it'd probably be, be even more so because they're, they you know, they've got dietitians and nutritionalists and gyms and everything now.
0: Although it's a much more violent action. The modern swing for a lot of the top players that we see and what impact might we've seen. Jason Day's had a lot of injuries and I I'm not sure he's an outlier. What do you think? Well, I
1: I, I
0: think, oh, you know. They swing it faster. They swing it harder. They build their bodies for get, it, but.
1: Uh, there's no question about that. Uh, they do, but it's it's still something they practice all the time. And I, I think, I, I just think gyms have caused more problems than they you know, I can still jump out on a good day here if if I, if I haven't had too bad a day at work and play in the afternoon. If I keep my rhythm early and and ease into it, I think you know, I just footballers amaze me as well. You know, they're you know they're always injured, they're always crook. You know, they're you know, but they're always doing these stress tests and lifting the most weights they can do yeah. and everything. They for, they forget about running fast and being loose and and letting the long muscles do things. And that you know, like when Tiger. He got very muscle bound. You know, I'll take, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll defend it to the grave that his body shape changed twice. He went from lean and long to muscly and tough. And then he's gone back to almost lean and long and looks better. It was a sad thing. And some of those changes in your body, if you learn your swing at a certain shape, there's a, there's an absolute history of blokes that you know most of the modern you know most of the amateur golfers wouldn't have heard of that we know of that have never got heard of again by getting fit or losing a lot of weight and and you learn your certain swing in a certain shape but to lose that weight too they get so cranky you know i've got jockeys who are best friends and when they have to ride at 49 they're usually 53 it's like cutting off a leg and it takes two or three weeks a bigger man at golf when he's taken off he's grumpy he's grumpy with his wife so she's not happy at home you know he's grumpy with his game when it least little things wrong. I find that they're least able to accept adversity when they're, when they're taking off the weight.
0: How important is away from the course for on-course performance for good players, for pros?
1: Oh, I think it's you play a game as you live your life. There was a thing on Victoria Park where I did my apprenticeship in Brisbane and you climbed up this hill to the 10th tee. It was like 180, 180 feet straight up a hill from the 9th green. And at it, it a sign up there, you play your game. And I've lived – I remember that since I was 17 years old. If if you're happy in anything, you know, a businessman's happy. I mean, it goes saying, particularly at golf, because there's a litany of this. Again, you, you ask some good questions. Um, A lot of the young blokes get married on a high and bring them on to the tour at a high level, and the wives are getting fussed. They're making the cut every week, and the wives that make the looked after because the husband's making the cut every get the shopping trips and the tourist thing and the helicopter flights, and then you start missing four or five cuts in a row, and the, those wives are going there, and your wife's getting on the plane with you on the Saturday to go to the next tournament. It's, talk about divisive, it's very divisive, and, you know, the best wife in the world has got to really toughen up to help her husband through that, and... You know, you don't both don't want to be dragging yourselves down together. And, and I find that I always looked at that because I was single all my life on the tour. I didn't get married until I retired because just for that reason, it was, it was a hard life for wives when there wasn't a lot of money. They weren't. You know, they weren't coming home every week on a luxury flight, you know, and that sort of thing to see the wives and kids. So there was periods where they're a long time away. I love to laugh at these footballers and they say they, they've got to go away for five weeks in a bubble and they're at Caloundra in a beautiful hotel with a golf course and the surf and everything like that. We were away for seven months and eight months and nine months, you
0: know. Sharing rooms with other blokes. Yeah, well. And snored and bloody carried on and the game's changer. we grumpy old men born? Talking about it changing? No, I don't think so. I think, I think history sh- shows
1: that I've said that except for DeChambeau hitting it hard and, and, and hope, hopefully not changing the game too much. But, uh, you know, until he came along, they hit it hard, but they did the classic swing. I keep going back to the classic swing. You still have to transfer your weight. He does. And, and, you know, it's it just, he, he's in it so far that, He's just, they just want to get within a hundred meters of green and try and get it up and down now. They don't care if they're in the rough or the trees or the, depending on what courses they play at different times of the year, there'll be a course that suits your game, hitting at 350 and don't care whether you're in the bush. One but, of them was a the
0: US Open course yeah, last year for him.
1: Well, you look at the Ryder Cup when they went to France and they grew the rough long. The Americans were on, I was loving it. I was just loving it because if you didn't hit it on the fairway, You couldn't play, and that was fantastic. That's the way it's supposed to be, you know, get back to hitting a 260 in the fairway and and putting a prize on it.
0: We might come back to There's a philosophical discussion about golf courses and their role in the game. There seems to be two types of golfers. There's those of us who think that the golf course is what makes the game the most interesting and that the game is about golf courses, and there are those who think that golf is about the players, about golfers. Would you agree with that as a proposition, the two types, just to start with, two types of people? I oh, I I would
1: would partially but I think I would I would downgrade the people that uh, that think golf about the courses I, I love the it's a scene for it but if they if they play a Play the British Open down the Centre Long Road out here. The winner's going to win. It'd be innovative. The, yeah, but, we, we, we'd, we'd all
0: love to be there for that.
1: But the winner's going to win. Of course. You know, the worst course of the, you know, I used to laugh about blokes saying, oh, the Greens are terrible this week. Well, they're f- terrible for the winner. Yeah, that's right. And <laughs> then they're terrible for the bloke that makes a cut. Just do your best. They're slow this week. Hit them harder. They're fast this week. Hit them softer. But just, just play the game. You know, the, but that's why I think there's two divisions. I think even at a, even at a 20 handicap level, the competitiveness still overrides the
0: beauty. So I've had this discussion with others. So Beth Page Black, PJ, a couple of years ago, the Brooks Koepka one, and and was it Beth, not Beth Page? Um, the one in Atlanta. And Tiger chased him all the way home there three years ago, 2018. Adam Scott was in the mix. Yeah. Not a particularly good or interesting golf course. Fantastically interesting tournament. People say, well, what, what does it matter? No. You, uh, no one notices. But doesn't golf put its best foot forward? When both of those ingredients, wouldn't that have been an even more compelling tournament at the old course or Augusta or Royal Melbourne? Because the golf course is involved as a player as opposed to just being a stage for the players to perform on. I probably haven't put that very eloquently, but do you know what I'm saying?
1: I do, but it depends on how they present it as a commentator. It's still, you know, it's still the hole that's coming up by the competitors. It's how they, it's how they intend to plan the hole and play the hole and handle it under pressure. And you know, the, when they're looking at it, they're saying, Oh, is Tiger going to get nervous? Or is Greg Norman going to get nervous in this battle? Or is Brooks going to get who, who, who cracks first? And it's all about nerves. That's all it is. Don't worry about that. People, the only reason people sh- swing changes from the perfect one they do in the practice fairway is nerves. The, the C grader. Coming up the last hole of Burley Eds where he used to be the pro or, or Kingston Heath or Capital Golf Club. Um, he's got as much pressure on him mm-hmm. in his mind mm-hmm. as, as, as Jack Nicholas has coming up and they say that's ridiculous, Jack Nicholas. But Jack Nicholas is built to cope with the British Open 18th hole. The, the direct, the, the boss of CSL coming up the last hole of Burley playing for the Sea Great Championship. He isn't. That's as high as he can aspire to. So when that's his it, he is experiencing, that's why they don't perform as well. But the guy that wins the C grade is performing as well as Jack Nicholas because he's, he's nervous, but he's still doing his job. He's, he's the
0: best C grader with all the pressure. He, Jack's the best pro with all the pressure. Are you born with that or do you learn that, Vaughn? Can you teach that, or more importantly, can you learn it? Some things can't be taught, but you can, can learn be it a
1: little bit. But it is a it is a gift. It's born, and I can identify it. I is
0: can it a see personality it. trait?
1: Um, yeah, but is, is that's you born with that? Yeah. And you can change your personality or you can hide it a bit. And that's the other fallacy. You know, golf doesn't build, you know, everyone says, oh my, oh my Dave Mercer's famous saying was it was his. And he used to say to me, he said, son, he said, golf doesn't build personality. It, <laughs> it identifies. That's right. it explodes, and that was, <laughs> and the kids, kids do that, but you can, I can identify the guys that are going to not always the bad ones, but I can tell when they're going to be good. And we always used to watch. Later, when I finished playing, I used to watch the golf with David and he would say, you know, we used to discuss, I said, how are we going to pick with this? I like this bloke and he, he didn't like him and he liked that bloke and I didn't, or we like these people, you know, together. And he said, Son, you just watch, see if they can complete their backswing the first time they come under pressure because they get short and they get quick when they're nervous and they still do. I talk to the kids about it now and they really enjoy that and it really helps them get through that business. The biggest thing you can do... Somehow, when you, as I used to say, when your bum's puckering, when you're nervous, <laughs> and it, that's all it is. Don't kid yourself. It's all about the nerves. It's how you handle it. It's being proud of being nervous and still doing the job, whether it's
0: any sport or any business thing or anything. Most of us, and I know I'm one, under that kind of pressure. I fold it like a cheap deck chair. But some embrace it. Jordan was famous. For Give me the ball. Give me the chance to fail. I suspect most who play the game for a living like yourself have well, that attitude. I was
1: definitely like that. I never got afraid because I could never understand why you practised all your life to get there. Yeah. And when you got there, you… You, you, you gave to, up. You <laughs> gave up. Well, you, you folded. You yeah, know, lay, lay could, down. It was, it was just so obvious. I, I, as I said, I, I go back to my, any kids I teach or try and help. you know, I said to them, everyone's nervous. I can't say to you don't get nervous because you are. But I said, just be there because there's no pence. Did we get up at 5 o'clock the other morning to do the practice? And they'd say, yeah. Well, I said, well, this is what it was for. Yeah. This is why you you got to justify it to yourself. And that takes the nerves away. And there is, a, there is a case for how you do it the very first time too. Uh-huh. You can have a bit of luck in your life if, you know – Gary Player used to be able, you know, if if he took seven up the last, the bloody other bloke took eight, you know. If he had a 10, the <laughs> other had bloke 10. would have an 11. You can have a little bit of luck. You know, I'm not saying he was lucky. No, no, but, no, no. But, no. but he, he had some preposterous wins when things weren't going good. And you, and you if it happens enough times, you actually think you're invincible and, and you, you'll get through most of them, you know, and then they forgive you the ones where you fail because you, you know, seven out of ten, you, you were successful or six out, of six or seven out of ten. They forget the others then because they think, oh, well, they only remember, good thing about golf. They only remember they only the remember good, good things show. about you. And, um, that's what does it. So if you have a bad experience the first time, it's a big long okay. way back from that. If you have a bad experience the first couple of times, it gets bigger and bigger again. It keeps. It's compound interest either way. Yeah. The and winner. not. like I guarantee you, except for exceptional circumstances late in the year, where you might, you know, you might. I, I had it one year in Europe, where I needed a check to stay exempt, and it was the hardest thing you've ever seen in your life. I was playing like this absolute, you know. Just just trying too hard to get it done, you know, and I was getting worse and not better. But there's no those sort of circumstances you think. But there's not one situation where you, I'd be amazed. I w- I would hate a pro to own up to it. Was stood over it and said, I've got to hit this shot to win twenty seven thousand six hundred and forty two dollars more if I get this shot in. You your pride is to have one shot better against the course and against your fellow competitor. You'll you a good pro will do anything.
0: Anything to have one less. The, the player who thinks about money doesn't get there, do they? No. That's the truth. If you're wired to think that way, you're not going to get as far, far enough no to chance. ever test yourself. It's no not going to happen. No yeah. chance. Let's talk about the tour. You played the tour in what many believe to be a bit of a golden era. Uh, tell me firstly what it was like when you played.
1: It was fun. It was fantastic, exciting. Uh, would a
0: modern player say that, do you reckon? If I asked one of the Hogard twins who are no. 19 and 20, no. what's it like playing the tour? Would they say it's fun?
1: No. It just, it's just a joy. It's mechanical. It's, you know, track man screening. I've got to get up at this hour. I've got to do that. I've got to do four is- hours this. No, 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 no.
0: Um, no. What time did you get up? What time did you see you, new
1: As early as I could, you know, <laughs> we get a, get a free lift of the course instead of, <laughs> instead of having to pay the taxi fare, you know, any, we'd be all together. You know, we used to, they used to, because of the cost, you know, even in Europe, there was two travel companies and they competed against each other, but the tour went with two travel. So you went with the blokes you loved or hated, you know, it was all the, the English were very jealous of the South Africans and the Australians, South Africans and Australians, Southern Hemisphere. See, we went to their country, yeah. so w- w- they got the best of us, best Australians <laughs> when they're the best salary. So we were beating them and competing with them and, and they're getting beat up by foreign players and we were a bit brash. We were, you know, Aussies <laughs> and South. Saturday- oh, Never, never backward and come yeah. forward, but. But, but, but it was fun and, and they, there was two camps. There was never, there was definitely two camps. And then there was um, Europe and America were at the time were at war, you know, because Sevi was jealous of the fuss. The year of Sevi was the thing that changed Europe. There's no question about that. And, and then foreign players being number one in America changed it. You know, they, they, then they had to look out like a Norman and then Langer and Seve and Feldo and that. Again, Jack Newton did it in Australia for us, not not as America, but he kept saying they're not better than us. You know, we used to go to Europe because everyone said, oh, America's too good. It wasn't too good. The press used to tell you they were too good. You know, they were playing on better courses. Well, as soon as we got there, we always did well. I didn't go to America, sadly. That was the only regret I have in golf, that I got invited one one time, once when I was at my peak, uh, you know, just got a free invite and and I didn't go, and I should have gone because I, I might have liked those courses in that era at the time. I was I was pretty good at that sort of golf, you know, if you presented me a nice course and perfect lie, yeah. Aerial, I, I didn't need that, green. but I mean, I would have made the most of it. But that's that's you can't have that back. But but the I think it was a golden era because. You know, golf was rising. Arnold Palmer had started it, but he'd gone and, and the big three had gone, but they, there wasn't a gap. We went straight into Norman, Seve, you know, and then, and, and all the, the Europe and the rest of the world finally not being intimidated by America. And that lasted a long time. So America were trying to catch up. It's like the Ryder Cup. Mm. I mean, you didn't get anyone to go no, to the Ryder of Cup until they changed it. Well, so I the, 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 the tours, the tours were the same. Now, when they're the same, um, America didn't like it. So they're trying to get better. Then Sevy's jealous of the attention that America's getting when he goes over there. And so there was a love hate. Well, it was a real hate relationship going on, but he, he taught Europeans that they weren't, America wasn't better than them, you know, so then. That was, that was made at the golden era because you didn't feel like if the Americans came, it was
0: a lopsided tournament or they were basing the whole thing around an American tournament, yeah. you know? It's funny that that's, that's very true of golf at almost every level, isn't it? Once people realize he just went there and beat them, but I've beaten him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The person who's never thought they could beat them now understands. Well, no, I can beat them because I've beaten him, and he beat them. Hundred percent. We can't move on without talking a bit more about him. You've mentioned the magic name Seve, and to this day, he may be more revered now, even than in his playing days. In some ways, I don't think there's anybody who doesn't immediately think great things when they think about Sevi. What was your experience with him? Did you get to play with him much? Oh, you made, you got very good friends. Made no, really? we were, yeah, we we're we we're very close. Mm-hmm. If everyone will tell
1: you we we used to play most a lot of practice rounds together and. And a lot of um, uh, always at the British Open, we had one practice round. Really, yeah, I had. That I must had be a, special Vaughn, well, those memories. Seve was just like he 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 was very like intense and quiet off the course. You know, he wasn't. You know, people didn't know, but on the course he was great fun. You know, we used to have. Good, good times and everything like that. But he, he had, he had those political battles at two or three times in his life that took away two or three years of his best golf or not so much his best golf, but the fun he had playing it and that sort of thing. It was more like a prove the point two or three years every, and that, that was sad for me to watch him do that. But we had some great times, you know, some funny things happen. And what the beauty for me was when if you play with Seve on Tuesday, you had all these people watching you, your nerves are gone. You know, it was like playing the last round with him. You used to. Yeah, you know, by I the time that. you got there Thursday morning, you say, well, I can beat these blokes. I just played with Seve and he was asking me how to do this shot or what I did to do that, you know. Okay. So it, it changed. I've always encouraged the, the kids, you know, if, if they're if they're my kids and they're good kids, I know they're not going to upset anyone. I try and ask them to ask the best players, can they have a practice round? And 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 mostly they do. People say, oh, yeah, but they only play with their mates. They only play with their mates because no one else asks them. Half the time they don't even like the blokes they're playing with.
0: I'm interested in – you were talking about Seve being a bit different away from the course, and people will tell you the same thing about Lee Trevino in particular. What's the performative element there? Sevy in some ways – and I think of Lee Trevino in particular, probably less so, Tiger, but Norman I think was like this – there's something about performing in front of a crowd as much as anything else, the showing off element of well, look a, what I can do.
1: That's well, it's what you brought up before. There's so many different Scales of personality and, and they're the ones that got there. You know, we've had millions of people, uh, well, hundreds of people come through the tour that were show offs and layers and, and, and tell jokes. And, and Trino said, you can only tell jokes if you can carry it off with your playing. Well, <laughs> he said, no, no good, no good being a funny bloke or an idiot on the tour.
0: Uh, if you can't play. If
1: you can't play. You can get away with anything if you can't play. So then there was Jack with his sort of person. Norman was all out front and, Rip shit and bust, you know mm-hmm. let's go and 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 the people love that women loved it, you know Sevy was the the cold you know he was the assassinator, you know he's like the he would have been the James Bond or the CIA black you know Sevy you know Sevy came to play here and he was playing at metropolitan in one of the australian opens, and I was staying with mr Williams who was a friend of mine and um, down here, and his very best friend that he owns horse with, the, who my dad was best friends with up the Gold Coast, a bloke called Tommy Pettyona. Now, they were both wealthy men and good businessmen, and they came out to the golf to watch me, which they didn't come to watch very often. I was doing okay. So it was one of my favourite courses, playing nicely at the time. And they come down to watch, and I said, you play with me every – Every weekend, if you want to, you know, we go and have social games and betting matches and everything. Don't come watch me. Go and watch Sevy. And we went to dinner that night. And this this man, he's still alive. He lives he, he's ninety. Years old, lives up the Gold Coast still. Tommy Petiana, and he said to me, he said, i found who I want to come back as if I ever come back." And I said, "I said, what's happened?" And he said, "Oh, Lloyd took me over to watch Sevy and we played. And he said he plays golf like I want to." He's a millionaire, like I wanted, which he is. He was anyway. And he said, every woman in the crowd wants to raise him off. So I've died and gone to heaven. And that's the way I always say about Sevy. He plays golf like everyone wants to, yeah. wild and exciting. He's very wealthy because of that. And and every woman loved yeah, him. Absolutely. Every woman loved him, wanted to take him home.
0: Amazing character. Clayton's always used the words adored that the players adored Sevy. Is that true? Because the biggest stars of the game aren't always a favorite amongst the other players. Europeans they? did. Americans secretly
1: didn't, you know, and there was those nasty Americans, you know, I never played with them, but I got, I got told about them. And I, was, when they came to Europe, their reputation preceded them. And I used to look for it and I'd say, Oh yeah, they're right about that, you know, where they were just. Everything was had to be starstruck. Insular. Banner. Yeah. There's an
0: insular thing about it.
1: America's best at everything, yeah. you know, and, and then Sevi didn't fit that, you know, and, and he, w- and he didn't own up to it or didn't comply to their, their ideas and it was good. But, you know, uh, in Europe, they loved him, you know. There was little, little tiffs every now and again between the big three. It him and Langer didn't always see eye to that. eye. Well, okay. three different countries. Yeah.
0: You know, They're they can't characters.
1: even get on. Look well, at Langer now.
0: Langer, all, you Langer to this day, what did he shoot, 64 the other day yeah. at the age of sixty four, He's amazing. a
1: staggering human being. He is. He, he really is. is. Because at certain stages, I, I was quite close to him as well, because he's exactly almost the same age, and we went through things. He missed the cut for qualifying at Lytham St. Anne's the year I did. It was the only time I ever... That was the only course I never played at. I missed the, missed the qualifying both times. I, I wished I'd have been exempt to it because I actually liked the course. I played the course. I was out of form one time and I was unlucky another time. But um, he missed the cut with me there and we he was staying in a guest house. I was helping him. He couldn't hardly speak English. And he, Lufthansa used to sponsor him and he said – I remember he rang up after he missed the cut and he was a pay phone. a pay phone at this boarding Coins out. in the Kate, dial. It ring. was. And he said – he rang – He I said, ring Lufthansa, you know, ring Heathrow. And he just rang up and he said, Lufthansa. And you know, they come out. He said, it's Bernard here, you know, and he said, uh, I want to go home. And they they were, burned. we'll get you, you know, and they looked, you know, they
0: could book him a Phenomenal. ticket and that's all it was. He started very young too, didn't he, too professional?
1: Yeah, well, he was because he'd been playing so long, you know, yeah. he's 60, whatever, he's five now, well, he's five years behind me, you know, but that was that era he just joined and he's a very nice bloke. Um, I'm not a religious person, but I believe his wife has gone very religious and that's, so, which is strange. He wasn't like that then, right. I think it's. Her, nothing wrong with that, but it's her influence on him. But he, he's a very nice fellow. And secretly, you know. sense of humour? Oh, yeah, in a, in a German way. Because yeah. I used to say to him, I said, I didn't want to meet you. A couple of times we had a big games or he'd play very well and do some frightening things towards the end. And I said, oh, I'm glad I didn't meet you in the war. <laughs> <laughs> and he used to laugh his head <laughs> off, you know. As I said, you'd have just driven right over the top of him, you know. Uh,
0: yeah. Extraordinary Discipline. To do what he's doing at his age, I can't imagine most yeah, pros have, yeah. for that far of your Wouldn't it, be, it wouldn't be much extra extracurricular activity. Nah. No, he
1: wouldn't be interested in surfing or fishing or doing anything that would fix the affect the golf. Because when you play golf, there's not much you should do outside of it because it's so fragile. You know, anything you do, Kel Nagel, don't cut your fingernails on the week of the tournament. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. See, people don't realise wow. that. I've always told my kids that as well. And they think, oh, you know how when you cut your fingernails? Yeah, you know, and They always different. feel weird. Yeah. Well, there's your putting. Don't cut them all the wow. time. See, that's the thing he thought of. Don't. Sport, I used to play tennis on the Monday because I'm a golf uh, sports nut, and I used to love. Just boring as hell, you yeah. know, waiting for the next tournament. I wanted when mm. we finished Sunday night, I you wanted, wanted to see up Monday. <laughs> Monday, I couldn't wait. I couldn't. I played the most amount of tournaments. I just loved golf, but that was all it was. I had to keep playing to make a regular. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't
0: that get good enough for your biggies. game born in hindsight. Oh, who knows? Mm. You know, if you, you won't you find out on the tour it, today, you'll find no, nobody they're who they're finishes Sunday and they're plays on Monday. They're all love that. They're all sucks.
1: They're all, they're all pampered and everything yeah. like that. If you had to play, they, they'd have to play. Funny, know? isn't
0: it? The more you have, the more entitled you feel. Don't you reckon that's very what much that's so, about?
1: Very much so. But it just, you know, if I was rich, I'd play more. <laughs> I'd play every day, you know, and, and, and they say, Oh, you wouldn't? I said, Yeah, I would, you know, I, I go out and play here and here, you know, my bosses at Crown take, you know, want to go and I'll play, you know, I go with, I go with the caddies here. I go with my mates here and when I'm tired, I'm, you know, and I feel like not going, but I'll go. My coach used to play with me when he was 80. David, he'd come out and play nine holes and watch me and we'd talk about things. That's
0: an extraordinary passion for one. At 70 years of age, there aren't, many things that people will go and do if they're a bit tired. I can't think of anything else that could drive people. Glates is the same way. He'll play every day of the week. He'll play – I have walked personally with him 54 holes in a day. He'll caddy in the morning at the Australian Open. Mm. Then he'll go out in the afternoon and follow someone for 18 holes. And then he'll do another nine with another player that he's interested in having. At the age of sixty, so he never never draws breath. It's extraordinary to be that. Interested in some, one activity.
1: Uh, well, one of my bosses here at Crown, my new bosses, because they've all changed, he watched me do some people here the other day and he said, I played with you once now. And he said, I've never seen anyone that gives as much time to those people. They weren't good golfers. You know, they were very, very not good golfers, but I was, I got them better. You know, they said that's the best they've ever played. And that's him by 18. I'll teach them how to play again, you know, stop them doing the shots, you know, three wood with cut and suck over shark-infested <laughs> waters from 210 yards, you know. It's not going to happen. We're going to go round, you know. One
0: in 50, Vaughan. One in 50. That's yeah. all we want. <laughs> yeah.
1: But um, you win eventually, you know, and then help most of them help them with a the short game. They're just so uneducated in the short game. You know, you go down the drive range here now – they're practicing their own bad maze. You know, we stand at the cafe there and oh, it's, I have to stop looking. <laughs> I have to watch. You know, I'll go.
0: H- hint to any listeners. If you okay, go down to the MGA and use the short game area, have a lesson first. Otherwise they're going to be like, you
1: know, I, I just get that frustrated for them. I'll go down and say, <laughs> yeah, for free, you've you got to be careful too. You know, it sounds easy. Everyone says, oh, just go down and help them go down. If they're being taught by someone oh, else absolutely, yeah. and, and they take offense or they think they're doing the right thing or who are you, you know, the, uh, <laughs> I've done it a 100 times and I've had 92 perfect and eight eight bad results. But when the bad results, they leave a lasting effect because it upsets you, you know, because you're going there genuinely, but neither here nor there. But I would say 70% of the people I see practicing the short game are practicing the wrong things. It might even be higher. It's definitely not lower, but it might be higher. But if we go down there now – you know, the, the, irrespective of how many people are on the short game area, everyone will be hitting drivers along Absolutely the range. Right, yeah. Drivers, you know, they're only going to use that 14 times. You
0: know? Good players like you, professional players, tournament players who go on to teach and coach, not that common and really enjoy it. Brad Hughes is one who's found that path, mm-hmm. very successful international player yourself, having played for him. It's pretty rare. Is it amongst your own peers? touring players, I would imagine most would consider the notion of giving a twenty mark at some form of a lesson about as enjoyable as extracting their own teeth without anaesthetic.
1: Yeah, but but I was at the end of it. It's difficult for, it's difficult that. for me to gauge that because one half a generation after me are nearly rich enough, you know? The Wayne Grady, so, you, Peterson, so the, the no, the the no
0: choice—you had to come home and start teaching once you're playing. So yes. you didn't have a, yes. There was no choice about that.
1: No choice about it, but you could have gone out of the game. Yeah. I, I had lots of offers, Mister Williams, open a golf you know, shop, five hundred things. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't do that. But uh, retail's too tough, you know, because it was. I was learning at that stage. Well, I did. I was a club pro for a little while, yeah. and I was a. I was, you know, I was a great club pro. I can say that normally. You know, where the clubs are not so sympathetic. To That's club pros, good, to in certain true, places. Yeah. In certain places. But um, I gave my best to my place. You know, we won the pennant 13 times. Wow. While I was there, I produced a lady that won four Australian Championship Ladies Opens, and I had Darren Morgan, who worked for me, who was runner-up in the Australian Amateur twice. So I had four lady winners, two runners-up, and 13 pennants.
0: So a proper golf club. Producing golfers, little tiny country contributing to golf and contributing a little
1: tiny one. Which one was that? That was a burlyheads. It depends on the passion, you know. you -hmm. You can drive, you can drag your golf club up if you've got the passion for it, you know. The whole competitive
0: system lifts and everything, you know. We both know what happens then, Vaughn. The club looks and says, "Well, look, Vaughn's making a lot of money in the pro shop. There, the club could do with that money. Vaughn, you're out. We're going to take it over before you know it. So much
1: out, they take the services away that you're doing, and you you go in on a certain amount. And, you, and, mm. and, and they're being badly run and you improve it and do it and it can, it does happen. There's no co-
0: There was a real trend of it probably in the nineties and again about 10 years
1: oh, ago. Oh, it was even before that. My boss was Les Wilson, who, if you look up, he won Australian PGA. He used to have his paintbrushes in the Australian PGA trophy. He used right. to clean back. You know, that's it. And he, and he won New South Wales Opens. He won Amples, and he taught me how to play when, when I was apprenticed to him at Southport. Right. He, he taught me how to play rather than teach he didn't want to teach he just ran the shop very good business not a bad businessman conservative but good and he had people liked him he was a straight decent fellow you know and the members loved him so they just bought everything off him in the heyday and in a wealthy course so that was good but he always said drive a car worse than your worst members and he used to say it and that was in the 70s early 70s so I, i i kept roughly kept that attitude don't don't shove it in their faces, but it still doesn't work. No. He said, in America, if you drive a nice car and you poke it in the pros, they're proud of you. Dollar,
0: they're proud of you. <laughs> that's right. give you a bonus. That's our you.
1: pro. Look at him. Yeah, we love right. him. Yeah. You, you, even if you're the best pro in the world, which I really was proud of me, I, yeah. I'd be disappointed if any of my members said, oh, you know, I know I was, and I was a great club pro because I loved it. And, and you know, they would say, you know, you couldn't – you wouldn't
0: – yeah.'" Wouldn't. You know, it's funny, isn't it? Mm. Culturally, we're so different to America, I think. Yeah, in that yeah.
1: way, definitely. Yes. That's what, right. it, it might be in society, there might never be a, a more, uh, graphic example of, of what we were like compared to that than in the the club protocol. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It might, might be the most graphic example, I think. Yeah. Cause you felt it nearly every day. You know, some, you, you, you might do a field of 300 or 250 people, but it was very, and you only got to have two people that are, not take but upset you. And, and the, the 228 were fantastic and they made your day. And the two, we went home heartbroken that you couldn't do everyone. And David again used to say to me, you're not going to get them all.
0: Callaway's new Rogue ST drivers represent a breakthrough in driver performance. The Rogue ST drivers are Callaway's fastest, most stable drivers ever. Callaway's industry-leading innovations, including their tungsten speed cartridge, jailbreak speed frame, and an AI-designed flash face are engineered for maximum speed with exceptional levels of forgiveness. Think speed, go Rogue with Callaway, the kings of distance. To find out which Rogue ST driver is right for you, visit callawaygolf.com.au. It's a very tough gig, the club pro gig, isn't it? Because everybody's your boss. From the the members to the board to the GM to the – the only one worse might be the cool supers job actually. Well, we were talking about that before. That's exactly right because – their, and their work is so visible, they can't hide anything that's not going well, whether it's their fault or not. Well, you're about one bad decision away from it. You know? yeah. yeah. But the um, what does the game lose? The changes every year as well. Oh, of course. Oh, that's exactly. Elections. Right. Diff- different new bosses. That's right. <laughs> new members come so along. You or,
1: know, you never know where so it's, it's going to go. go. No, that's exactly. You right. know, you might be having a good run with the committee and cruising along, and you what know, it, invest in things yeah. and pro- plan for things, and then the next and then it gets next changed. committee gets p-
0: pulled out from under you. What does the game lose by that no longer sort of being the case? I, don't, I think it'd be fair to say that there's a lot less of that kind of club-pro relationship with a club than what we used to have, and I feel like the game's lost a lot.
1: Because oh, I think it definitely – you know, as you say the you know, you can drag your club up from, from obscurity and you create a lot of passion and a lot of pride. You know, they're proud of it when you're mm. doing your pennants and you're, your good kids and you're good adults and everything like that. When I was there at Burley, when I went there as a junior, I wasn't, I was the best player in the club and wasn't allowed to play in the club championship because the senior's supposed to win it. Wow. Junior. That's, that was the attitude yeah. of junior golf in the old days. Yeah. You know, just there, you know, I used to play in the club pennant and I was the best club in the, I had a, <laughs> he's he was a bookmaker at Southport Races and he was a number one pennant player in the Inter Club, which was the one under the that the, was pennant. the top. Yeah. There was there was senior you know,
0: major pennant proper
1: pennant. pennant. Yeah. Inter club yeah. and then, and then handicap pennant and the inter club was the guys that couldn't, you know, the single figure blokes that couldn't get into the yeah. top team. And I, cause Burley wouldn't pick me in the team. I was, I was the best player in the club and I didn't play senior pennants. So I played number one inter club yeah. and I went yeah. to the Southport to play him and Brian Burke was his name. I could, I can remember as if it was yesterday and he, he was a, he liked a life, you know, he'd have a pipe and he, he'd, he'd yeah. like a rum, you know, and he's sitting on the balcony at about 7.30 in the morning at Southport with a rum and and the balcony at Southport looked out over the first tee. The first tee was virtually part of the balcony and and they called me to the tee and he said, uh, you know, on the tee, you know, Vaughn Summers from Burley, Brian Booth out. And he, and he said, hit off, son. And I said, right. Oh, what about tossing? He said, no, you hit off. And as soon as I hit off, he said, now come back and sit here. And he said, we'll have a cup of tea and wait. And I said, what about the game? He said, well, I'm not going out and wasting 18 olds He said, I know you're <laughs> going to beat me. He said, And we never went. He, and he taught, he, he tried to teach the pennant people at Burley the lesson. That's and we just and We sat there. <laughs> he never hit off. And he said, well, that's it. You, you've won. <laughs> you can go down and get your ball later. Oh, and and we sat there and I had a sandwich, toasted sandwich and a cup of tea, I did, and he had his rum. And-
0: Fantastic. <laughs> and That's said, wonderful. He
1: said, I'm not going to wait. I'll go out and play the afternoon with my mates and enjoy it. He said, I'm not going to go around with you.
0: That's a very different um, path into professional golf for a really good young player to what we see today, isn't it? <laughs> yes. If Vaughan yeah. Summers was born 15 years ago, there'd be interstate teams, dietitians, camps, overseas trips, all sorts of stuff. Is what we have now a better system or just a different system? What are the dangers with the way we do it now?
1: Well, it's a bit—it's a better system now because they can travel better, and and they—they they are better. You know, they're mm-hmm. better younger. That's all. You know, let's say that they're better younger. But it—it's <laughs> the way it's going to be. So it's
0: no—but no. it tends to be. If, what if, don't they learn, Vaughn? Under that?
1: oh well,
0: life. Yeah,
1: they don't learn to 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 have a job and work hard. Yeah. You know, because apprentice pro was a tough job. Mm. There was a the bad bosses. I'm not saying mm. everything was rosy, you know, but, no, no. but the bad bosses used to keep you until your third year of apprenticeship and then sack you and then get another one not for two, year. two and a half years and pay the wages, you know, and, and, you know, we're not talking the dark ages here, but I got $11.70 for 60 hours at Victoria Park Jesus. when I first started and, and I turned, I won a scholarship to do industrial chemistry. I loved science in the school and I had a chemist that was a great mate at golf and he said, do plastics, it's gonna be big. You didn't know, Peter so.
0: Thompson do industrial was he industrial oh, chemist? I, I can't remember. I've got a feeling no. he might have
1: been, yeah. Yeah. Well I didn't know that. Yeah, That's interesting. But that, yeah. um it's eleven dollars seventy and you just to have to buy your tax stamps out of that, and I lived away from home. Wow. So I mean it was. What would that
0: be the equivalent of today? Who knows? You multiply it
1: every seven years. It wasn't much. Even then it wasn't much. Yeah. I, I was eating into my savings. I used to um you to I, love the I, used game to, I used to used to buy the balls off the drunks at all the drunks used to sleep at in Victoria Park. All the alcos and everything. You know, it was a public course in yeah. the middle of the city, yeah. and they used to find balls for me, and I'd sell them back to my boss to make a profit. And I worked wow. at the trots on Saturday night, uh, running the information from the drivers to the bookmakers at the, wow. uh, and they used to get ten dollars for that. So I used to get a ten dollars. Double my wages yeah, for, for doing, six not, hours on six Saturday
0: hours night. That's discipline of a different kind, isn't it? We talk about Langer being disciplined. That's discipline of a different well, it kind. It was,
1: because that's why the, a lot of the kids fell out of it. Because, you know, I had no parents there, but the bo- my boss was 70 years old. He drank a bottle of scotch every day. No, I never saw him hit a shot. Wow. See, Arthur Gazard, very famous player, won Queensland Open, but he was gone. He was just hiring, you know, taking the money from yeah. the public cause. But, um, the ones that did get through I went and practice every morning yeah and 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 if you you know I'm not a discipline I'm an inspirational person they say I rush into things yeah, and do yeah. I excited I bring everyone with me everyone's having a good time I try and make everyone like me but um, I did it I did have discipline to do that you know I thought if I'm going to go through this we because I wanted to play. I didn't want to be a club pro. I never wanted to be a club pro. And the only way you could play was do apprenticeship. It was to do so apprenticeship. I had to, so I thought I'm not going to get fired and I'm going to get through this, you know.
0: It's a way to sort wheat from chaff, isn't it? Make well, it hard. Well it's a pure commercial <laughs> <laughs> paid on performance. Yeah, you know, if you right.
1: don't do the practice you weren't going to get there. No. We had you know, In nowadays fact, talent- they got assistance and yeah. they, they got assistance storms. We had one a year. So you were geared up. We used to practice. We would start. It was your major? To, we used to ring up each other from the Royal Queensland, Mike yeah. Ferguson, and someone else, and so. we'd be talking about it. Oh, it was our major yeah. thirty-six holes at my course, Victoria Park?
0: Because in that, under those circumstances, talent's only one important element, isn't it? You've got to have the hard work to do it. So, so there might have been more naturally talented players than you, oh, but that weren't prepared to do the work to on. make it the next step. Um, Without and, doubt. And ironically, you can't get to the very top of the game where Tiger is, and you think of him as the the shining light. He's the one that's got it all, the talent and the work ethic. What a he with the a, talent? He
1: had a dad that drove him. Oh,
0: so, he's got to have had it somewhere in him drew, as course, well.
1: They make to, it, but he's got no siblings, so no distractions, and nothing to compare against, mm. and the dad that kept him completely insular and drove him. Interesting. So that, that's a bit – Tiger's a bit
0: – He's different, isn't he? He is different. Isn't he?
1: You've got to, you pick one that's got three or four, a couple of brothers and sisters. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the ones that don't make it now are sooks anyway. You know, they don't like to travel. You know, can't do not come. We don't care. We'll find someone who does. Yeah. We'll get a tournament, play it down centre Danny Nong Road again. The winner's going to win. We don't care if you don't come, mate. you want one to find 150.
0: Of course, there's Senator Danny Nong Road. Yeah. Posting some just, big events for him just, just, just today. Let's tell some stories from the European tour of the glory days. We often accuse and. I think it's probably fair to say you've called them sooks, the modern tour sort of professional, but it's a, it seems to have a lot less characters in professional golf now. Is that just looking through rose colored glasses at the past or were there more? I mean, you told me a story when we organized this interview about some lunatic bloke who played the tour who couldn't oh. could barely play golf. Um, he, Danny, yeah. he did, he did qualify for the US Open, but yeah, he
1: was very eccentric. He was a, he was about to hear it. A, a lot of two or three hundred million from his father when he turned thirty, and he was just playing, you know, living life until he was thirty. But he 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 wasn't. He tried to get on the US tour a couple of times. He could obviously play a bit. He wasn't a chop. Oh no, you know? no. He, he qualified for the US Open. Right, yeah. No, he, he could he could. You know, in in day in day out, he'd make. He'd make cuts and stuff right. like that, you know. He was a little fella,
0: a journeyman we might call him. In the yeah,
1: moment. he was, a, but he he was he was well educated because of the rich parents, and and but he was eccentric. He was mad, you know. He was like, literally, and. um Oh, I, I told the thing. We, we we lost him at Geneva Airport one day, and we left without him because we weren't everywhere looking for
0: Where him. Where were you going to?
1: We we're going up to
0: Crans. Oh, Cransius! Yeah. yeah, right. We,
1: it was about a four and a half hour bus trip up the most terrifying road. You it's go, go from Bends Geneva and stuff, and six thousand yeah. five hundred feet up yeah. up up to the ski school, which is a golf course in the summer. And anyway, we had to leave because we got the bus there. It's the it's the tournament bus. And anyway, we, when we got up to the top. He'd been in the luggage compartment underneath, just snoozing on, on the bags, smoking, uh, sort of his choice of, uh, agricultural <laughs> weed, you know, so, and the, opened the door and the bus driver nearly fainted. He was as high as a kite, you know, and he said, you know, we're here yet, you know, just jumped out like it was the day, next day tomorrow. And he spent the whole trip in the luggage compartment.
0: Bizarre. Yeah.
1: And he was the one that wanted to have, he called us at dinner one night, he called us all together and, he was a friend of Clayt's, to be fair. You know, he, he wasn't my cup of tea because, you know, I did, I sort of avoided smokers on the tour. Right. I just couldn't. Have, anyway, that uh, be the boy, he said he used to like me because we we're sort of um, out there characters. And um, he called us there and he said, when I inherit this money, he said, and this is still in the days when 150,000 might have been first prize or total prize money on the US tour sort of thing. It was still not the big money, yeah. you know, at that stage. He said, I'm going to inherit a lot of money when I'm 30. And he said, cause he was a anti establishment and right. he said, where well, I'm going to put on a tournament. And he said, you and I and Clates are going to pick the exempt players and all the famous ones. I'm going to throw obscene amount of money at the tournament. So all the famous players who keep us out of tournaments yeah. now are, are not exempt. And he said, we're <laughs> he going to go out qualify. and watch a pre-qualify <laughs> on the Monday. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that way of thinking really appeals to me. To think of that, he said it's going to be an obscene amount of money because the guy kept saying they won't come. He said they'll come, they'll come, and he said we're going to go and watch them suffer like we have to. Oh,
0: and, that's and fantastic! It was a it delicious was. idea, isn't it? Yeah, it was. To think of that is really yeah, yeah, yeah. frighteningly good, actually. As a spectator, it'd be a fantastic thing <laughs> to watch. You know, flip, just flip the tour one here. Flip the tour. Take everyone who yeah. to finished in the top 125. The you reverse gotta go for your car, The yeah. reverse grip. Yeah, that's exactly it's right. Not,
1: no one's ever thought of it before or no. since. It was took him. But we,
0: he, we need some new ideas, don't we? Because the new yeah. ideas being thrown around. He
1: broke his caddy's leg on the follow-through backswing one day. He was posing for a shot that he'd hit through the back of the green in French Open at the Race and, and and he was posing in the follow-through finish, looking at it, it bounced. One bounce on the green and went in an artificial fish pond at the back of the green. It's all lovey-dovey there. <laughs> yeah. It was the ninth hole and he he held the pose and held the pose. The caddy went away and got the divot and he's putting the divot back down there and he didn't see him and he swung down in anger. fifth. This is like 10 minutes almost later. He stayed there in the position and come down He he – he nearly chopped his bloody leg off, and the, the caddy loved him so much he he got a he got a uh, like he was in a boot, and he had a crutch, and he's caddying for him with a buggy for the next two rounds. He did that,
0: those sort of things, you know. That's unthinkable on today's any yeah. any tour, even yeah. the PGA Tour of Australasia. You wouldn't see anything. Like
1: no, no. But the, and then there was uh, there's a whole bunch of things, you know. You know, the two tour companies, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there was a thousand stories, but the two or two companies used to fight against each other and they try and get your business over there. We went to Tunisia one year, which is the, we only went once or twice. I think it was the, the worst place in the world, you know, but all the wives wanted to go because they're going to buy gold yeah. and the tour officials wanted to see it the first time. We're in this hotel with this great big, um, entrance, entrance central entrance and the rooms surround it and went all the way up and, um, it wasn't Australian. It wasn't me, and it wasn't Clates, But it might have changed the time for the buses for the plane to go on the Monday morning after the tournament. And the, uh, through the night, they only have a night watchman. And I think they were ready to get the plane at nine thirty. Be be in there. Be downstairs at seven thirty. Right. And somehow it mysteriously got changed to four thirty in the morning. And they've all arrived, the wives and the kids and everything like that. And I walked out of the hotel, uh, out of my room. I could hear this screaming and yelling. They're all saying, where's the bus? Get some coffee, food. They're all sport brats. And we looked out of the hotel down off the balcony and I said, I think they might have overstepped the mark a bit here. (laughs) You know, you've got the Ken Schofield and everyone's up there for the 4.30 bus. It's not going to come until 8.30. (laughs) And, uh, yes. We yeah. They never who found did out. That? I was no, say. no, you
0: know who did it. I know who did didn't. it. We yeah, won't yeah. ask you on that. No, it, I know <laughs> who
1: did it. But, um, oh, to this day, I'm going to probably take them away because most of the participants are still alive. Right. Okay.
0: <laughs> so it's for your own personal safety. <laughs> At the safety.
1: time. Yeah. It was personal safety. And I thought this, bloke, he, he this is nearly serious. This, you know, it's like, about as much as you could do. Tony Johnson, Betty's caddy, Could he jump over the cat? I said, Melian, you know, the, 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 they, two, two dairy farmers hired Jack Nicholas to build a course. They had to be, they were, I think they had, they had lots of tournaments there, about four or five tournaments. I nearly had a rider Cup there. I can't remember. And, um, to keep the cows through the course, it wouldn't hurt it. They, they dropped the roads. They, you know, they dug them into a, Right. So and, like a and, trench. Yeah. And, and the cows and tractors could and go you'd just through play it, over. Play over. And, and he bet his caddy, you know, 20 pounds. He, uh, caddy must have said, I could get over there. You know, you old blokes have got to go down through the. F- the, the styes and the walkway and everything like that. And, and, and he said, Oh, I'll jump it as well. And I said, Tony, don't he? Of course, he doesn't make it. He gets to the far edge, breaks his ankle on the thing, can't play for weeks. Oh, we've had stuff. him
0: on this show too. He never mentioned that story.
1: Yeah. He's a terrific yeah. character, Tony. Tony Johnson. Johnson oh, very cool. Close mate. So he, he sent me a tweet not so long ago because we played in the Hennessy cup team together. That was one of my highlights. So I, I got into it. It's like the president's cup in those days. Mm-hmm. And there was Europe versus England and Ireland versus the rest of the
0: world. And I three What punted, was the format? Was it a uh, match play or? Yeah. Uh,
1: round pa- robin, match plays, right. match play, stroke play. One from each country played in a three ball and, and you, you, you got points if you Best won. Yeah. Yep. yep. And, um, I missed, I three punted the last at York, the tournament before it to miss by 28 pounds getting in was the biggest disappointment I ever had in my life, you know. And Harold Henning, who's a he's, he's sadly we've lost him now. Very good player. He was off the US tour, coming to the end of his career, and from South Africa, he's one of the Hennings. And then um, he he was playing in Europe towards the end of his career. Very, still a very, very good player. Very handsome. Very. We lost him not that definite. long ago. No, no. And um, he he was the last one in. He was the eighth man, and thing he had a heart attack, a, a stroke, and and um the week like the literally the week of the tournament, and. George O'Grady rang me, who was, who was, the president. He was under Ken and then he went above Ken Schofield. He rang and he's, I was out mowing the lawn, the backyard in London. I, I, used to look after our house there. We made a pool and a yeah. Aussie barbecue and a, yeah. had the back lawn for chipping and everything. And, um, we, he rang and I was, he got a phone and uh, no mobile phones no, in those days. It yeah. was like a, a wall. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a phone call for you. So I run in and uh, George yeah. said, are you available? This week. And I said, Oh, what do you got? A clinic or something you want? Usually they'd, be, you know, and I he said, no, no, we need a, your first reserve for the Hennessy cup. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, Harold Hennings had a stroke. He said, we'd like you to come down. I said, well, I come down? You know, I'm already I said, there. I said, I'll be there. He said, can you come straight away? I said, I'm on my way. Don't worry about that. I said, I'll be a long time. He said, it'll take you a couple hours. I said, no, it'll take me five. I said, I'll t- I don't want to get killed in a car crash going down there. I'm so excited about it. So I drive down and they fit you for uniform. And everything like that. We had, a, we had a great time there with that sort of thing. So, Tony Johnson was in that team and he sent me a text. He, f- he was going through his old photos. I've got this, is my proudest photo. I've got it at home. But um, uh, he, he, he'd gone through and found us where we we're all in the team, you know. It was a hell of a team. We had Norman. So, who's in there? Yeah. It was Norman, Bob Charles, uh, Mac O'Grady, uh, Tony, wow. Tony Johnson, myself, Jamie Gonzalez. Um, I can just try to think of it. Jeff Hawks, um... Uh, Vincenti Fernandez. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there was, it was a serious team. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. ran second. We should have nearly won. Norman was having his first baby and he had a helicopter on the practice fairway waiting to go. And he was, we dropped him three out of the four days. You're allowed to drop two of the team, right. two of the worst two scores. We dropped him three out of the four days on a pitch and putt course. He, I said to him, I said, you got millionaire. You're a millionaire and I'm a battler. I said, we got like 29,000 pound for running second or something. And I won the pro am. I'm a super sub. They called me because they pulled me in. The- at the bench, I won the pro am and I wasn't supposed to win the pro am because we played with the bloke that ran the scoreboard. Right. Bloke, and the boss at Hennessy because they, they didn't, they wanted him to look after him because yeah. it was Hennessy's big thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then we're halfway around on I'm flying. You know, I was so excited about being there. And he pulls me over and he said, I don't think we're supposed to win this. I said, I said, buggy you. <laughs> yeah, I said, we're, exactly go- right. we're going to the line here because right. it was about 12,000 or something that win a the pro-am, and, line we're going to win the pro am. And there was all sorts of cred- credibility. We yeah, was on TV. Yeah.
0: Anyway, we had it just the best week. How much of the game at the top level is mental versus physical? You've obviously got to have a certain level of physical proficiency to have.
1: Nowadays, it's, it's massive. It's against – it just gets – they all train hard enough. They've all had their clubs fitted with an inch of their lives. You know, that's why I laugh about clubs. You know, manufacturers won't like this. But, you know, they, they hit six and eight fairways. That's all they're hitting. You know, and they got flex, twist, do this face, you yeah, know, the five hundred shots. The best
0: in the world. <laughs> as
1: soon as, you, as soon as your bum's puckering and you put two hands on it, it can go in the bush because nerves, nerves. Only you're only trying to hit too hard for ego, which is you, you know, again, personality or your nerves make you do it. And you, you can tell when it's happening. You, I, I'm a real good watcher, and I love watching you. Well, you know, you can teach people. Adam Fraser is a pro. He bets on the golf. He can tell. He's another good pick. He, He'll look, he'll have a computer set up to bet on a certain shot doing something or if he thinks he's going to choke right all the way in, he'll press a button as soon as he's seen the shot or seen his attitude and he'll get on before everyone else decides that he's not going to win and that sort of thing, if you can read it, you can read it, you know.
0: Ian Triggs told me something very similar he said as a golf coach, when he watches golf, he doesn't watch like other people, he watches for little things that nobody would ever think of. how high did he tee that up, you know, what are his mannerisms just because, what did she do just after that part that's what, and of course television makes that hard because as a viewer, you only see the shots, you don't see the in-between and it's the in-between that tells you how people are actually
1: feeling isn't it? Of course it is and also I used to say to him, the television hides, Tiger's finish. You don't realise he's holding his finish till the ball lands. You get your pupil to do that and they always say, I feel like I'm posing. I said, yeah, because he said, I said, well, Tiger, and they said, no, Tiger doesn't do it. I said, how do you know? And they said, I've watched him. I said, when you went and watched Tiger, I said, he hit and you went. There's the ball. You're not watching him. No, that's right. Oh, well, yeah, you're right. I watch the ball. I said, you, as soon as he hits, you look where the ball's going. You're not watching him still. He watches it until the ground. Every good player in the world watches it into the ground. They finished position. And then so I get them encouraging them. And I said, It's
0: such a little thing, Vaughan, but it balance. makes so much sense when you say it like.
1: Yeah, balance. Well, they don't interpret it. They say, I oh, watch Tiger. They're not watching Tiger. They're watching his ball and then and then they don't see him hold it until then and balance cricket and tennis and balance is everything the big thing i try and teach him is balance when when you're nervous swing to hold the balance that's all you got to think of swing the balance and you're not going to come out bad in the pressure situation you know keep that keep that keep that and and good coaches should encourage it so that even if you get a 20 marker, you know, that absolutely can't be any better, you'll get him better if you get him swinging to balance. Ego lets you go at a speed that you that your personality can hit at, that doesn't topple you over, doesn't spoil your balance. So, and they say, yeah, but I want to go further than that or I can hit, I can hit harder than that. I said, no, you can't hit harder than that and keep your balance, keep your keep balance. And you that's sad, it too, that's but right. that's, that's the golfing God saying that's who you are. That's as good as you are. You can all do a bit of balance. If they can't really do that, you teach them the little old man swing from War Melbourne where you, you've got a coat on and a tie and they just used to roll their hands around it. But you can only go at the speed that lets you do that. If you go one mile an hour faster, you're going to get there earlier late. You know, so you, you just – ego gets in the road. Balance.
0: We overcomplicate and oversimplify golf, don't we, in so many ways?
1: Well, it's, it's part of the industry. Yeah. You've got to have three wedges. Why are that? Because they're going to sell more wedges. That's right. Not because it's going to help you. It's confusing you.
0: If you can't hit the first one, then the other two's not going
1: to a do great, much, is it? A great tournament would be go back to a basic set tournament.
0: Half set. Half set, seven oh, clubs. Fantastic. You know, it win Tiger. <laughs> oh no,
1: no. <laughs> no the, I know. What the, mean. Some other blokes that come out of the woodwork yeah. that are good at that stuff. It's amazing. You know, Tiger might misses. He might he might suck it. Yeah, you know, I'm not. I use the word all the time. But he might not like the idea of missing his favourite wedge. your oh, favourite wedge. You know, leave me alone. You know, he changes it every three weeks because he wears out the lines in it. He practices so hard. But you know, it, it might it might bring a whole new identifier into the game of of another section of the community that have got. Good hands that aren't as good as him at just blasting at
0: three hundred and twenty meters. You know the money's better, but would you rather play in this modern era or when you played, leaving out the money?
1: Oh, leaving out the money. Leaving out the money. No question, in the old era because it just it
0: that was, doesn't look to be a lot of joy at the top of it. No,
1: game. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I I even say you know they've got these psychologists don't smile, don't. Do this. That's bull. There's no. It's a game. It's a and when. In the end, you want to see who wins the US Open, but it's only put on for people to watch. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's, a, it's an entertainment. entertainment. You're, not, you're not a doctor. It's like a play or a, a, a rock concert and that yeah. so they, You don't want them to come out. Uh, just, you know, I scream at the TV screen. Just smile or bang your putter or just. Do something. Know, yeah, just something, <laughs> you know, and don't do the, don't cleanse everything like they do. You know, there's, it's, it's dead old pros these days. That's what I call them. They cleanse everything. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> there's, there's a real. You're really not allowed,
1: all allowed to, to say, you know, the course is no good. You're not allowed to say, you know, that the weather's been bad or you're not allowed to say you don't like playing with that bloke or something. Anything. And yet
0: we know from other sports, AFL's a prime example here in Australia and they don't play what eight games a week or something, but it's 24 seven coverage. Yeah. They're not talking about the games. <laughs> They're talking about all the stuff around it. Golf, that's what golf avoids like the plague deliberately. The tour is deliberately avoided and I think it's to the detriment of the game in some oh, way.
1: Very, very much so because it is a show. In the that's end, exactly right. you know, if someone doesn't want to watch it or someone doesn't want to read about it, it won't go on. No. No, you know? no,
0: that's exactly right. Yeah, indeed.
1: Everything, you know, even sadly with the ladies game when it wasn't, you know, if people didn't want to watch it, you know, you can't sponsor it because, you know, they say
0: who's playing or… Yeah, it, there's something interesting about those there. I mean, you know, you're a golfer so you would know this, uh, watching good women players play is no less entertaining than watching good men no, play. No, I, I quite it's enjoy a, it's, it. a, it's a it's phenomenal rele- product.
1: It's r- more relevant to my pupils, their game, by miles, you know, because I I teach them about not trying to hit three irons over shark-infested waters off a tight lie. You know, anyone over five handicaps shouldn't have a three or four iron, two are, two and one, just don't even – rescues, m- my two rescues are ma- magnificent things, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: In the old days, it was an old man's club, you know, and real men don't use rescues. Now that – Kepka's got a rescue. Kepka's got a five-wood. shouldn't be allowed to, though, should he?
0: Seriously, <laughs> shouldn't be allowed to. At that level, you shouldn't be allowed to. You should have to carry along, aren't you? It's, it's an examination. It's a part of the game that used to be examined that is no longer.
1: Yeah, well, it is a part, but, but relevant to the people that we're selling them to and, and, and teaching them to, and I want to enjoy it, it's good for me to see that they're using them and not and – not feeling like it's a test of manhood, you know, because you can't hit your three iron or your two iron. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, that's about one of the only things I'll go against tradition for because. You know,
0: again, that's because you sell golf clubs. You got a vested No,
1: no, interest. no. I don't. Well, I'm not in retail anymore. But I, no, I want people to get better. I know that my 20 markers are going to go better, much better with rescues than they are with the four. Yeah. I tell them all the time. I will get, get a rescue working too. down the ninth year mm. and 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 they'll hit, and they'll hit a reasonably good one. Let's say an 85 percenter mm. for a 20 marker, and I'll say, in, in as long as God put breath in you, you never hit a three iron like as good as that. No,
0: and they won't. No, no, that's true, but. But Brooks Kepka doesn't need that. You can take him out there with a three, yeah, but then, and you can hit it for. Then you, we
1: lose it? our relativity.
0: Then well, we lose is it? Okay. Well, let's be. I want, I want relativity. Is things. the, has the game ever been more disconnected from the top level to the, to the, to the duffer as in this modern era? Because the more clubs have improved and the hybrids are prime example. Brooks Koepka gets a lot more benefit out of that hybrid than your 20-marker here.
1: No, opposite. No. He's going to be good with his three-line as well, he if gets, he is forced
0: but, to. But the hybrid, that's right, but the hybrid, he gets a lot more benefit from that hybrid and from the big-headed driver no. than the 20-marker. No, Absolutely no. he does.
1: No, he doesn't. In the old days, when we had Wooden Woods, mm. and they, we're not going back to this, but this is the one, There's one thing I'll tell you, Nicky Price, a good friend. Right. We were real close. So when the metal woods came out, he said Vaughn, I improved 15 meters in length and I went from seventh longest on the tour to. Fifty eighth, mm-hmm. he said, because it brought the bad players in. Mm. The twenty marker with the wood, the the metal wood, he mishits it a little bit. He's he's up like fifteen oh, meters I'm behind all, you
0: now. I'm well aware of all that. Well, but,
1: but and and I don't I didn't improve. I just hit it nice in the middle, and I'm going down there. They improved twenty lengths. It helped the twenty marker way more than it helped me. Way more than it helped me. I was good with the wooden wood.
0: Oh, and I'm good, that, I'm still good with, with the metal wood. I'm sure you're wrong, but i to figure were, out. They how.
1: were terrible. No, yeah, you're definitely on the wrong track there. I don't the, think so. the bad players got much better with the metal woods and relative the technology. Relative to each
0: other. But, no, no, but relative to actually- me.
1: Relative. They were, uh, when they miss hit their wooden wood, they were, they weren't in the same postcode when they missed hit the wood. Now they scunge it and you think, oh, he's hit that terrible. It's come off the bottom of the plate mm. or high in the toe or something. And you walk down, he's seven yards behind you. He's a uh, four foot 11 Chinese 23 marker, you know, that that doesn't hit in the middle of the club, bless his heart, and 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 he's seven metres behind you. And you couldn't find him with a postcode in the old days. We might be talking about different things,
0: but I want to move on to a couple of things because I've just noticed how long we've been at this and it's ridiculous. There's a bunch of stuff I haven't talked about yet that I wanted to. And the first thing I want to ask you about is everybody I know when you say the name Vaughn Summers says, wasn't he the bloke that won a house for a hole-in-one and it cost him a fortune?
1: I didn't cost a fortune. <laughs> I won a house. It was the biggest prize in World Got right, because I it was remember. before the first prizes in America were worth more. Starting from the
0: beginning. Where was it? What
1: was it Tweed Eds yeah. on the seventeenth hole, the first day of the tournament. What the tournament ta- what tournament was it? Um Rish's Classic, I think it was called. The it's a greeny uh Shire, Tweed Eds, no mm-hmm. high rise. And they'd finally granted a a high rise, um, it's still the only one there. Yeah. You take off in the you plane can, and you can there see they it from are. Twin yeah. towns. There they are. Two yeah. of them there is yeah. now. They got, they had three and they only built two. Um, and because of the finally getting it through it was the biggest, you know, blow up in the whole world. They've obviously offered an apartment to publicize it as a whole in one thing. And it was got publicity around and it was one funny. One
0: bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom. Yeah. There's three bedroom. Three oh, bedroom yeah. beautiful. high, I imagine. Yeah.
1: Bob Hawke had the one above me. Nice. He bought one. Nice. So he was a floor above me. I was the fifth floor. He was the sixth floor. Um, and we were walking around on the Tuesday and, you know, reputed 200,000, which when 200,000 was a serious lot of money, mm-hmm. you know, 80, it, 1983. Yeah. Yeah. And. He said, and I, my dad was walking around with me. My brother was playing the same tournament. Perry, he's a pro in Germany now.
0: Hickory player, world
1: yeah, yeah, champion. Yeah, yeah, world champion.
0: Lovely bike too, Perry.
1: Yeah, mayoress of Cologne. His wife's the mayor of Cologne.
0: Yeah, right. That's right.
1: Yeah. Um, and dad was walking with me for a few holes and we, we, there was signs everywhere about this hole and one thing. And I said, to I, I swear to you, you know, on my mother's grave, it said, Dad, I said, in my stage of life, you know, I'm going comfy, and I'm a good player. You know, life's going to be look, looking pretty good if I won that. I said that'd make my life. You know, thinking that I get a unit, yep. I'll just move in, and then all the rest of my money or any investments I've got are just the bonus. Then that I I could live there. I'm at the Gold Coast, a lovely apartment on a course, 36 hours. That and I said to him that it that He said I said that'd end my life, fix it, perfect. And he said it would, wouldn't it? And I said yep. First day, first time at the hole, early in the morning, playing with Alan Cooper, who's a pro in Western Australia, and a bloke called Tim Silver, one of the American recruits that came out to get experience. I would say there'd be 200 to 300,000 people said they were on the tee with me at the time. <laughs> have and watched the, Gene Sarah's one and and out Turkey. Totally. Yeah. And, <laughs> the and there was, there was six. Yeah. There was six. Two of them were my very best friends. <laughs> and two of them were a couple that came from New Guinea that I met when I used to play in the <laughs> over. And they called it They were breeders of Greyhounds. They called Summer's Ace. They call the grand after. Outstanding. It. And he won a lot of races. He was at Harold Park. <laughs> he killed him. He, he, I won a lot of money on him because they used to it. ring up and say when he, and, 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 and I, I tell you, there were six, six people, which was at 9.20 in the morning or something. It oh, absolutely. Bit, yeah, and, um, I hold it and we're
0: like, what, what club? How long? six how far?
1: iron, you've just seen I it. Know, no I was still downstairs, thing. Australian blade slashing the six iron. And it was just a nice shot. As soon as it took off, we were all joking. You know, you always say, oh, this yeah, is in. I said, cause, in. cause, cause this is the hole. Say, saying, well, this is our chance, boys, and away I went and it took off and it was beautiful. It just landed 10 foot short and dribbled in and we are going ballistic and everything like that and then people started to run down from the clubhouse and they heard it's gone and a, and a local boy in your own town. Yeah, So that's it, right. it was triple then, you know. because Great publicity. So I, I played the last and I've hit it in about 10 feet to, and I needed it to shoot 68. It, it, consequential of the story, but I, my mate was the Qantas airport manager at the time and he was there because they were spo- helping sponsor. And and I missed the putt. I had a good putt and it lipped out. And I was going the clubhouse and we are sitting there having a sandwich afterwards. And he said, I knew you are going to miss that putt at the last. I said, how would you know that? He said, because you hadn't had one since the 16th. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a very good it line. Was, it was. <laughs> that's a great and, line.
1: But that's what it was. And then obviously everyone was celebrating all around the world. I've got the scrapbook at home with – Italian paper wrote it up, a Spanish paper wrote it yeah. up, the French paper wrote it up, English, millions of English papers wrote it up, and it was quite flattering. And, um, and then the tax, taxing, obviously, because. So what it, happened? What, well, you win it, story? and you get earnings in kind, so you taxed on it, and that was still in the provisional taxes. Most people don't really remember provisional tax,
0: but. So uh, provisional tax, you used to pay your tax in advance, yeah, didn't you?
1: Yes, so they expected you'd have another $200,000 all in one the next year. The yeah. largest prize in the whole of golf. So we fought it and, and, and all the people at golf. When did that Lawrence.
0: become obvious that there was going to be a tax issue? Oh. Uh, Not on the Thursday, I some, assume.
1: No, yeah, just about. Oh, really? Oh, so reporters got onto it quick. You know, they're thinking, oh, what's going to happen here? You know, like they, the, the amount of money was just obscene. You know, it was like
0: 200,000 would be a
1: million or a million and a half in this day no?
0: so and a A three bedroom unit on the Gold Coast. Yeah. yeah. What would you pay yeah, for that?
1: Yeah. So the tax came pretty quick, you know. They had photos of me picking the ball out of the hole and the taxman standing beside the <laughs> pin with a briefcase and all that sort of stuff in the paper, you know. Yeah, and it went on for a few weeks. It got it got legs, and then like Kerry Packer's private like tried to it, no, Sir James Kerry's dad right. sent his QC, somebody else's QC, every QC in Australia tried to fight it for me, and we didn't get it, but um. Sadly, what would have happened is shortly afterwards, at the time of the thing, John Brown, was it, was the sports minister for Australia? And he, he made love to his wife on the desk and had to resign. Well, he had, this is, I said, it's the most expensive lovemaking you've ever made (laughs) because it cost me (laughs) 180,000. Um, he had the bill in for averaging for sportsmen and, and musicians. So you average your income over five years. And he had it in Parliament. And it hadn't passed yet. And it hadn't passed and he resigned and they took his bill out. If he'd have done that, I'd have just about got it. Well, yeah. So he's paid here a couple of times. And I said, I said, mate, what I could have done for you for that, you know, but that was a true story. He, he had the averaging bill in where musicians having good years and bad years and sports could average yeah. it out over five years. I mean, it just makes sense. And it? then provisional tax had gone right. the next year. So the, the year I paid, the provisional went the next year, but we got it back. We got
0: it back. Yeah, you get it back. So how but much was, so on a $200,000 unit, how much was the provisional? 180. Because it was added to whatever to else you earned that 90,
1: year. Ninety thousand tax and ninety thousand provisional, and that's what it is.
0: wow. Mm-hmm. Where where'd you come up with the money?
1: Oh, well, I had to. You got to scrimp
0: and know. save. And buy well, we them. sold it, by it then. We
1: did, we it and sold it, and I rented so did, it while so we sold you, it. You
0: sold the. I
1: slept in it two nights. Oh, right, I slept in it two. nights. And
0: every, do you go back there often? And do you often look up, oh, wistfully look, at the fifth floor? Never go, could have been. Never there?
1: landed, <laughs> Gold Coast. It's still my hometown. I never land there without looking at it. Yeah, yeah. that's. Amazing. I, I said, to the pilot, can you fly it once <laughs> around the unit or something wow, like that? Whatever you take off a land, you're going to see it. But it was. It was interesting because it had never happened before, no. you know. And, it was, and it's got ramifications could,
0: well beyond golf, hasn't it? For, well,
1: it for, for everything. Yeah. And then the bill with John Brown, and you remember. Absolutely, the I remember. And he had it. It was in Parliament to be to be enacted on. Yeah. And it was going to go through. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Went through, it went through oh, next straight after him. It. it was heartbreaking.
0: You wonder why common sense can't just prevail in that situation. Well, that was the
1: argument. They, a lot of these good people that were trying to help me brought to the case. But,
0: but of course, the more you fight it the more they entrench their position. That's the problem with disputes, isn't it? That Especially when it's not their money. And now it's public though as well. Yeah. Had it not happened publicly, you probably would have had a different attitude there from the have tax been, There
1: wouldn't have been a person in the world that begrudged me not paying it. No. In no. the world. No. Honestly. No, of course. I was popular, it was a sports thing. Yeah, absolutely. No and you know, you get lotteries and it's, everything it's like part that. Fluke. And it was, good shot, it was it a was flute part, part flute. You know. Of course it is. It's a one off year they know everyone in the world knows you're not going to do it again next year because no, there's exactly not going to be another one. You know, it was five more years before they first prize was worth more than that, you yeah. know, in any tournament in the world. Just you know? extraordinary. Yeah, but it was. I'm glad it happened to me. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad
0: it I imagine you would have quite enjoyed the limelight in a funny way. Oh, too, very in that much. Way. Yeah. Oh, no
1: question. No question. Anything, you know, it's certainly it's certainly notoriety, and it still is. We're yes. still talking oh, about it.
0: Exactly. I mean, You've well, touched the club. Exactly. When I've when got t- the ball. When I, t- oh, <laughs> I've still got the ball. Fantastic. Jack Nicholas Golden V B51. Vaughan, it's been inspirational to talk to me, fantastic to chat to you, what amazing energy you've got for 70 years old, what a fabulous passion for the game. There are literally a million things I haven't asked you about that I wanted to, but we'd better wrap it up because I've looked at the time, we've gone on too long. We appreciate you taking the time, mate, thank you very much.
1: Bless you and all the golfers, I love it, every minute of it.
0: Uh, not hard to see why Vaughan remains one of the game's most popular figures. A big thanks to him for making the time for that chat and if you're in Melbourne and in the market for some help with your game, I reckon you could do a lot worse than exposing yourself to some of Vaughan's old school wisdom. Now, I hope you've made sure to follow the pod because our next episode is one that you really won't want to miss. John Huggan is at Augusta National for the Masters and he's going to sit down with Eamon Lynch for a combined Masters preview slash thing about golf episode with one of the most influential writers of this generation. That's next time on The Thing About Golf.